Hello, everyone. I'm here with my good friend, Jane Lightborn, who is a writer and has recently published two books, both of them published by Nevada Street Press. Jane originally went to Oxford University and trained as a lawyer. She now has three children. Yeah. Okay, so thank you, Jane, for, for being here. Thanks for your time. Uh, lovely. Thank you, Rod, for inviting me to speak on this podcast. Lovely, great stuff. So, Jane, uh, can you tell us uh, how did you start writing? What was your, your journey? Well, when I was in my 20s, having trained as a lawyer, I started a city, a city job, which I found very challenging. And I thought to myself, how am I going to make this a bit easier? And one weekend, I just opened my computer with the blank screen in front of me and just started writing a novel. I didn't plan it because I, I, I thought if I plan, if I think about this too much, it's not going to happen. So I completed that novel, my first novel, and I remember showing it to a friend who worked at the time in publishing and she said Jane I'm just not sure in what direction I should advise you take this and so I consigned that novel to a desk drawer but mm -hmm. after that I became more confident and there was another and another novel so it went from there really. Oh nice that's interesting thanks for sharing and and I guess we know that you also publish a, a children's book so what inspired you to write your children's book for example yes so I published last year my children's book uh, my cat called red for children aged about seven to eleven which is classic middle grade fiction and that I wrote a while ago after the birth of my son mm. I he was a quite a difficult baby and he tended to cling to a particular mood and I found it almost impossible to uh, release him from his mood but we had a Burmese cat called Gus and I noticed that this the purr of this cat could soothe my son when nothing else worked and so after that I had the idea for this story which flowed very well about the cat with a magic purr that transforms the lives of those around him. And this cat also goes on a series of very perilous but exciting adventures in search for his forever home. And uh, it was funny that I completed the draft for that and I, I put that one away as well. And, and I was very, I was overwhelmed with, with domestic life but the novel had found its way through a friend of a friend, my mother was involved, to the then late the late Christopher Little who was at that time at JK Rowling's agent and so I got one day while I was literally changing a nappy I believe I got a call from his office and I went to see him and I talked about Red and I talked about my writing it was surreal with the posters of Harry Potter all over the wall and I remember at the time he said to me we think this is too cozy for current tastes so I forgot about that one as well, put it away. But then with the pandemic, because it is a story of hope and perseverance uh, in the face of adversity, and 
I I published it and I'm pleased I did because it has affected in a good way the children who have read it and I think that children you know this this story a story of this this sort um is 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 good for children to read you know so just no it's well yeah it does make sense actually and it's nice to, to know uh, the whole history you know behind um you know the whole background how you wrote it it's nice nice to know that um i mean having said that can can you can you tell us a little bit more about the the writing process for you is there a time um of the day you work best do you plan uh, how many words for example do you have any plan for yes. that yes well i work best in the mornings <laughs> and i I don't, as I, I, what I don't do, which I think a lot of writers who might be listening to this can relate to, will be able to relate to, is I do not wait for the muse to strike. So I mm. go to my laptop and I, on a good day, I can uh, turn about, turn out about 3,000 words. And on a bad day, not, not many at all. Unfortunately, often the school run gets in the way because it's just at the time that I might want to write um so so yes generally that's my but I do procrastinate and like a, a lot of writers I like to have quite a lot of time around the writing um I put the laundry on stroke the cat <laughs> put the kettle on but almost that feels sometimes like necessary time you know to, to just process the ideas and then after I've written a, a number of words if I'm doing the first draft I then um read over what I've written and with more of an editing eye so it's almost like uh like the the analogy of the two horses with the hume analogy you know the reason and the passion so the passion is driving me forward to write and i can't think that much i can't be too self-conscious it helps to have a hangover and then the reason is the element where you're stepping back and correcting correcting things that haven't gone quite right um analyzing it the rationality behind it and then after I've I've completed the first draft, I tend to put put that away for quite a long time, and then I approach it to do a number of drafts. Get beta readers who are readers who give me um, criticism and feedback involved before it goes to traditional editors. And so yeah, Red flowed very well, but Loss was quite a hard write. Had a number of drafts to get to get that right really, and yeah, so it's definitely. And yes, it's 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 an interesting process. It's and I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like your uh, the comment about the horses. Yeah, it, it does make sense for everything in life, doesn't it? And especially for writers, as well, um, because you need to have the passion, but also the the discipline, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. No, thanks for sharing that. Uh, very insightful as well. Um, I mean, talk about writing and, and of course, and writers, uh, you did mention this word there. Um, what writers do you admire or who inspire you? Um, any older or, or any new writer, for example? Um, can, can you tell us? Yes, I, I, I was, when I was younger, uh, I, I read a lot and it's a shame that children don't read so much now I think you know that a lot of uh, the screens have taken over in a big in a big way 
and I'm not going to blame TikTok because TikTok's great for selling books. But yes, uh, but I, I, when I was a child, I read Watership Down and I read uh, Black, Black Beauty, Anne of Green Gables. And then, you know, I moved on when I was a um, teenager and I read um, I read some Russian literature and I read, you know, um, some American literature. I love Steinbeck and Hemingway. I, I also like Paul Auster. And I think that Joyce Carol Oates is a genius. <laughs> and then, you know, I also love Rose Tremaine. And I read obviously classic English, you know, fiction mm -hmm. as well. So I, I've always loved reading and I, I'm really interested in every different style of writing. I, I don't really um, like any kind of snob, snob, snobbishness about, about books. I just think it's brilliant when people read and they enjoy what they're reading. And as a writer, you know, you've got to pull your your reader in with a strong plot <laughs> and strong characters so Interesting. no I'm, Bob yeah um, I, I like your perspective as a writer to share that um, yeah as a reader I, I fully understand I agree you know a book um, as long as it kind of captures um, the, the reader's attention isn't it and, and motivates to read yeah. and, and to go to any um possibilities through um you know the mind i think that's that's great um anyway so that's that's me talking <laughs> as a reader to a writer um but talk about you know uh, your recent book which i got here okay. lost yeah. um can you tell us more about uh, the book itself um you know if, if if there is um the process and and the book uh, loss, which is which is great. I actually read the book, and I can talk more about it. Yeah, and yes, yes. Well, it was loss uh, had been published quite recently, so the paperback only came out in March, and it's basically about a very a flawed man who's harboring a lot of quite a darkness from his past and experiences he's had who meets a very charismatic hitchhiker and they go on a road trip to Scotland and then this is question of do they redeem each other or you know do they ruin each other she has uh, a quite a uh, secret as well secrets as well and she kind of sucks him into her life so that his life unravels but he almost wants it to unravel I won't say too much more and I think I am very interested as a lot of fiction writers are in, in love as um, the magic of love and also, you know, the, dark, the darkness of it. And this is something that um, I, I think I was inspired by in some ways by Anna Karenina and that, and that story. And I, I just love, I, I wanted to explore that. And obviously it's, it's, everyone loves a happy ending, but that isn't always how it works out. I won't say what the ending is in, in, in Lost, but uh, yes, it unfolds through the alternating voices of the two central characters, which are very different. And that was also a structure that I very much enjoyed using. Uh, I, I must say, if you allow me to share, um, yeah, I mean, the book itself, I think there is like, uh, there is a sense of, uh, it operates in a number of different levels. And, and that's, that's life, isn't it? And, um, um, you know, the way I was read the book and the chapters, the way you structured in this kind of approach, uh, having the two characters expressing, you know, even their own thoughts, it, it's so mesmerizing. And, and I was really captured by, by that, those dialogues. And, and, and I could see a book like this one, you lost, uh, could be 
I actually is a great material for a movie. Um, I could see, I could picture the, the, the scenes, um, you know, when, when it's driving. Anyway, so yeah, it, it's great actually. Um, and can... I do write in quite a visual, almost like the reels of a film. Mm -hmm. So I, I do write like that as well. And it is, as you write, you're right, it is multi-layered. So, you know, the notion of the damsel in distress is kind of sort of thrown on its head in some ways. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Rod. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, can, can you describe, uh, you know, uh, to us what an excep exceptional um, fiction is for yourself? Um, what do you think, for example, um, a great fiction should achieve um, or attempt to achieve, I suppose? I think it probably, you know, it's amazing how different people are and their responses to, to uh, how subjective the whole thing, the response of the reader is, of, of course, because mm -hmm. they're reading the book through their own filter, which is their own brain, and their brain is made up, you know, in, their, in its own unique way. But I, for me, I, I think about... I, I studied classics and that's also influenced my work. So it's like the kind of that a great book should inspire pity and fear in the, in the reader. Um, but I also struggle with the distinction between commercial and literary fiction and the idea that, you know, if a book is like commercial fiction, it's not necessarily worthy or good, you know, and that it's got to be literary in order to kind of be considered to be a great, a great book. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in, um, the, the genre classification over genre. I understand why they exist these these classifications for, for sales, but not in terms of you know. I recently saw The Afterlife by Ricky Gervais, and I like the fact that you know it is it is a comedy, but it's also got tragic elements. And I don't think you can pinpoint you can pin down you know works into a particular genre. It, they kind of it, it's difficult to do. It's too difficult to do that. They I like breaking through those those boundaries. No, it's interesting because. Yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah, you, you, you're talking about it, and then it, it reminds me um, because as a writer, you, you, uh, the way I see you actually, you're actually capturing, uh, let's say, um, even if it's fiction uh, or maybe can be based on real facts, um, it's capturing um, a piece of reality. Um, and then people, you know, have their own perception about this reality. That's one thing as well. And then these itself really makes things very challenging to classify because in, in one scene or in one chapter, you might have so many different layers or many different kinds of uh, emotions all together. And to label a book uh, in a specific category, is it might be very difficult because actually life is very non-linear, it's very complex. Yeah. And so, yeah. so it's a book talk about uh, people's behavior, people's emotions, yeah. It's interesting, it's fascinating. That's, I think, that's why I, find, I found very fascinating about the characters in, in your book, Loss. Um, I'm, I keep saying that, but it, it's it's really uh, um, insightful. And yeah, it, it's interesting, the complexity. Um, yeah, so I guess it, it must be quite interesting from, from your perspective um, in terms of the process of, of going through, um, let's say, to, to get your book read to be published. Um, can you tell us a more about this process. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on that earlier, but it's really just, I, I won't talk about the business. Mm. I think between the business and between the desires of the artist or the writer and the business, there falls the shadow, unfortunately. <laughs> and it is quite hard to kind of marry those two, those two 
together but um in terms of just producing the book it just does go through the process of the beta reader process the um the number of drafts that i do and then the beta reader and then the editing of the external editor and then the proofreading so and when all those things come together and you've got then the cover design and in the case of the children's book all the illustrations that have to fit together and so that's a question of trying to liaise with the illustrator and it's very difficult with artists to tell them what you don't like about, yeah. <laughs> about work when you yourself can't paint I can't I wish I could but that's that's quite a hard part of the process but, but um and it, you know and also this is sometimes you can be almost too perfectionist about something you, at the end of the day you've got it's almost like having a baby you just got to let it just comes a time where you've just got to let it go but then if you've let it go and it has a typo in it, <laughs> it is quite annoying. So, yeah, so it's hard. Well, it's, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, thanks for sharing that as well. Um, in terms of your, your, your production, your books, do you have, a, a, are you writing in anything else um, besides fiction, for example? Oh, um, yes, I've got, I'm, I write, well, I write poetry. I'm not writing, yeah. I haven't written so much of late, but... I uh, did go through a phase of putting a number of fragments on Twitter that I think people could still find. And I had at the time a couple of poems published, publications there. And there were a lot of, there are a lot of fine poets on Twitter. Um, and I was grateful for their, for their inspiration at one point. And also, I, you know, I love poetry and I love the fact that it's a distillation of language, you know, I, I love it. It's very challenging to write it. So I write that and I've written short stories and I'm currently um, working on on two new projects so okay yeah can, yes. can you tell us more about these projects then i'm yes one of them is another middle grade uh, mm. fiction work for for children seven seven to eleven roughly which is about the it's a survival story which um about the rescue of three tabbies from the island uh, a greek island during the pandemic and it's quite thrilling. We go into the fantasy life of the cats on the island and the baddies and all the perils that they have to overcome, like forest fires and um, other nasty and nasty cats <laughs> to get off this island and the rescue itself being driven by a, uh, an English party. And it's, it's partly based on a true story, I have to say. Mm. Um, the, these rescue cats were taken home and they, two of them lived in my house oh, wow. but I won't say much more only to say yes it's called A Tale of Three Tabbies and I'm looking forward to releasing that in October and yeah and there was also um, I'm also releasing a novel for adults uh, quite dark like Loss mm. with a, a spirited heroine and that's called um, Hannah and it's almost like a coming of age drama. So that will probably be early next year. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, we look forward to, to you Thank know, you. to get the books and read. Um, I, I must say, I, I'm just on the poetry as well. I, I remember reading some of your poetries, your, your poems actually, um, on Twitter, because you know, I'm, I'm a, I love poetry as well, specifically. Yes, it. And uh, maybe you can actually, just me being cheeky, maybe you can even, you know, collate these poems and, and publish as well. Uh, yeah, I know I do. I want to do an anthology of the poets, poems that I've, done, that I've done. So yeah, I have that in my mind as well. Great stuff. I mean, Jane, it's it's been great um, to be here with you. Uh, thanks for your time and sharing, um, you know, all your knowledge and experience as a writer. Again, I mean, um, 
But, um, Thank you. Great, great book as well. I really, really enjoyed. I mean, if you get my book, it's, it's full of, of you know, uh, writing and, and marks, and then, yeah, lovely stuff. But anyway, so thanks so much, Jane, and um, speak soon. Thank you, Ra. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. -bye. bye.